0: Hey, hey tra- tra- oh, oh, no, no Travis! You, no, you. Oh, you. Go. No, you go.
1: Okay, you start.
0: Oh, okay, I'll start.
1: It's Schmanners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband, host, Travis McElroy. And
0: I'm your wife, host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening
1: to Schmanning. It's
0: extraordinary etiquette. For
1: ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hi, dear. We're sitting across the table from each other. This is different. I like this. It's nice to to see your eyes. Well, one of them. Well, one of them at a time, depending on which side of the microphone (laughs) you're on. Hey, Teresa, can I jump right out? Okay. And make... I don't know if we've ever done this before, but I just want to make a quick correction. Hey... Hey, everybody. On the last episode about Ben Franklin, we were talking and I said Ben Franklin was the only person I could think of that was on currency who wasn't a president.
0: And that was either right after or right before I talked about Hamilton? uh,
1: It was right before. And many people have wonderfully and correctly pointed out that I've completely forgotten about maybe... the most well known talked about name in the last two years. The
0: most the trending presidential yeah. name.
1: Well, he's not president. Oh, no, sorry.
0: That's exactly it. He's yes. not a president.
1: Uh Alexander Hamilton, who is of course on the ten dollar bill. And like here listen, my only excuse is I have a five week old baby. <laughs> my brain is running at like twenty percent capacity. I am I'm just I'm doing my best, folks. I'm trying so hard. But yes, I definitely uh, 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 got that one huh, wrong. And but you know what? I own up to my mistakes and I said it wrong. And Lynn, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. Um, okay. So this week, we're going to talk about a subject that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, something that maybe is my biggest, like, Schmaner's hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, since I was a child, have been trying to overcome from basically every different direction, a little backstory, young Travis, one pretty solid speech impediment where I had really bad like s's and z's and s h sounds, so I had to work really hard to be understood in conversation. I am also a terrible listener. Um, my ADD usually manifests and I get very overexcited and I tend to interrupt a lot. So this is an ongoing thing of like, think before you speak, listen, all these things that I've worked on.
0: Yes. And you continue to improve, but there are good days and there are bad days. And, um, I, I would say that the thing that I have most learned is that it is important for me to let you say what you need to say. Then wait, and you will mostly let me say what I need to say after that, because if I wait long enough,
1: you'll be done. (laughs) That's fair. Um, You know, a lot of it, one of the, uh, okay, if you have a kid with ADD, here's a very good trick that my mom did all the time to teach good conversation skills. Is she would be talking, and then I would jump in to say something, and she would say, wait, before you say that, repeat to me the last sentence I just said.
0: Oh, that is a good idea. And if
1: I couldn't do it, I didn't get to say the thing I wanted to say. Oh. So that Oh, way by it, the
0: way, we're, we're talking about conversation. We're doing
1: conversation. <laughs> um, and so that really helped me with, like, interrupting. And also, um, my parents both pushed very hard for, like, think before you speak mm-hmm. and, like, take a breath, read the room, all of these things that, like, I still, like, adhere to or try to to this day. Um, but the problem with thinking before you speak, and th- to your point, is it often will get me in trouble because I have so thought through what I'm about to say that if someone tries to talk in the middle of it, I get very frustrated because like, no, I haven't finished the thing I've written in my head yet. Please let me get to my point.
0: Travis doesn't so much speak as he orates.
1: I do. Hmm? I do.
0: Which is really great for podcasting.
1: It's great for podcasting, really good for public speaking. I'm pretty good at that. I'm good at extemporaneous speaking. Terrible at small talk. Yeah. And
0: we'll talk about that. Oh, boy. Some survival strategies here. But there really isn't a lot of historical context that I can give about having a conversation because as long as there has been language, there have been two people speaking to each other.
1: Yes. And, And you know what? I will also say even without language, you know, the, the subtleties of, you know, body language and, you know, eye contact and posturing. Like, it's very possible to have a long conversation without ever saying anything. I mean, not even as specific as sign language, but that's a great example. In fact, I've often been like, I love the idea of sign language because I've seen people have sign language conversations from like across a crowded theater, for example. And I think, Wow, that's, like, that's not, I can't yell across, like, up to the balcony to my friend Tim, but, like, if you could. Anyways, there's ways to have conversations that aren't language, but I understand what you're saying because it is so dense. There's so much of it. Where do you start?
0: Well, I am going to speak specifically on on uh, language-given conversation.
1: Spoken language. Spoken
0: language. Um, So I think a good place to start is saying hello
1: That is a good, a a very good place to start, as the lady said.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think that there's, there's a certain amount of hello that you can say to someone that you know well, someone that you don't know as Mm -hmm. well, and even just saying hello as part of a conversation can really brighten someone's day. You know, it makes them feel like they exist, to the rest of the world, you can Can you see me type idea?
1: Acknowledgement. Everybody yeah. likes acknowledgement, you know?
0: Um, and interestingly, uh, I am told that humans require two syllables in order to uh, distinguish one voice from the other. And that is why a greeting for someone you may not know is, uh, is mo- more formally said as hello instead of just hi. So if you say hi, you know, that's someone that you probably know, Um, but they, in order to distinguish one voice from another, you need two syllables. thought that was very interesting.
1: That is interesting. And and this also makes me think of, I've often heard it said as far as like uh, English goes, um, that English can be a very confusing language for non-English speakers to learn because of how much like what we say is not actually. So for example, if I see and go, how's it going? I'm not really asking how it's going. I'm greeting you. Or if I say like, oh, hi, what's up? Like, I'm not really asking you to tell me all about your day. That's just the greeting that we do. And we all understand that it is just a greeting. Mm -hmm. But for someone who is not a native English speaker hearing, how's it going? It's like, oh, uh, well. um."
0: (laughs) I watch a lot of Great British Bake Off. um, And so... I have come to realize that one of the, the common English, I mean, I suppose British, one of the common British greetings is all right, meaning are you all right, which is the second step of the hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different ones. And, you know, even within English speaking, you have languages, you have so many different slangs that people use to, to get that conversation started.
1: And then there's also internal ones. The thing when I moved to Ohio that threw me is the way people use please.
0: Oh, well. Uh, and
1: as shorthand for please repeat. But then, like, you'll say when I worked, you know, like, do you want a bag for that? And they say please. Like, oh, okay. And like no, I didn't understand what you said. Like, oh, but you, uh, uh, uh.
0: <laughs> yes, that is something that we do around here.
1: Around these parts.
0: Um. So you mentioned the idea of maybe a, a non-native speaker hearing hearing that second step of how are you and really wanting to, to go into it. Um, and I think that the amount that you go into it, again, depends on how much you know the person that you're speaking to. Um, like if you were to ask me, how are you, I wouldn't just say, oh, I'm fine or... Well, it's been better, you know, things like that. I would actually tell you about how I am because mm-hmm. you probably, you know, living with me, loving me, you want to know.
1: Yes, most of the time, <laughs> I would agree with that.
0: But meeting someone on the street that I've, I've met several times or, or even, you know, haven't met at all, someone I pass while walking or whatever, I wouldn't tell them exactly how I am. I would go with the prescribed of, how are you? I'm fine. How are you?
1: You know, and that's interesting, because I've often seen people talk on, like, Facebook and Twitter about, like, how much they lament that people don't stop and talk to each other on the streets anymore. And, you know, I've only been alive for 33 years on this big blue marble, but... I don't remember that happening when I was a kid either. I th- I wonder if this is a thing that people romanticize. Like, we used to stop and talk to each other. And, like, maybe we never actually did. Or maybe we did, but it was just way before I was born. But I I'm maybe I'm just a product of my generation. But the idea of stopping and talking to everybody on the street to, like, really go into detail as far as how my day is going feels so weird and... Like, if somebody on the street said, how's it going, and I stopped and described my whole day to them, it would feel so intrusive on my part, you know?
0: Well, I think that it's really just a byproduct of our modern society, where, as as before, in this, you know, this time that people talk about, I, I assume that this was long enough ago that people didn't really move around, they got to know their neighbors, the same families lived in the same Villages for generations, everyone that you met on the street, you absolutely knew. So you did speak to people on the street, whereas now we live in large, bustling cities and you don't know everyone, you don't really know your neighbors, Um, and so you probably wouldn't stop to talk to them other than maybe a head nod or, hey, how's it going? In the elevator or something like that. So I think it's, it's not just that we don't talk to people on the street anymore. Our lives are not conducive to knowing that many people who surround us in the area.
1: And I think that that is one of the things that turns me off about small talk is this feeling of like this air of obligation to it Mm -hmm. where like somebody wants to small talk with me and I want to look at them and say wait do you really care about this or you just feel like you're supposed to (laughs) ask me about this because it's okay if you don't I'm fine I wish I could wear some kind of like you know bracelet or pendant that people would look at and be like okay great he doesn't care if I don't ask him about his day totally (laughs) cool super great
0: Um, Well, this idea of greeting and how are you uh, manifests differently in different cultures. And in the German Swiss Alps, uh, German Switzerland, uh, it's very difficult to meet people in person, apparently, because, you know, the Alps are difficult to live on. And so historically, there's a culture of that when you meet someone, you actually do go through all of it. And there are so many, there are different names for these different greetings, um called Zitgruss or time greetings mm-hmm. that you might give to a person that you meet um for example you wouldn't just say guten tag frau you would absolutely make sure that you include their name and you say you wouldn't say guten tag because you know that's just that's so nonspecific about the day um you might even be specific to a particular hour um, because the, the meeting of the peop- of people in this area is so sparse and, and so, it's so special.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's so special. Um, apparently, a lot of these traditional sayings have died out, but younger people in the region have started to come up with new forms of the greeting, um, like skater gruce and hip hopper gruce and gimme five gruce.
1: Cool, cool. Oh, I I actually do think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I and It's funny, because you say that, and at first I think, oh, there's a very special... But then I think about the fact that the difference between saying good morning to someone versus good night to someone mm-hmm. means, like, even though it's two forms of a similar phrase means two completely different things. Like, if you walked up to somebody at, like, 8 p.m. and said, good night, like, it would feel so weird. They'd be like, uh, okay, good night. And they'd walk away. But, like, if you say, good afternoon, like, that's a good greeting. Good morning, it's a good greeting. Good night is an ending to a conversation. What
0: about good evening?
1: Yeah, that too. I'll give you that.
0: So good, e- good evening is okay, but good night means means good evening. goodbye? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, really. It's, it, like, we have... Meaning to these things that are not inherent, but that we all understand that that is what that means. You know, that kind of, that's one of my favorite, like, implicit meaning is one of my favorite things about language. Because it's very difficult to understand. But once you do, like, you kind of feel like you're, understand a secret code, you mm-hmm. know?
0: Well, so we've done, hello, how are you? And if you're in passing with someone, the next thing that you say is, Goodbye. Mhm. Um I was very interested to learn that uh the English goodbye is actually a contraction of several words. Uh it's of a con- goodbye. <laughs> it's a contraction of god be with you.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Makes sense to me. That
0: that is what I'm told. Um so it is it's a it's a fonder farewell than I thought it would be. Um, and I mean, that's not to say if you aren't religious, you can't say goodbye because it obviously means more than God be with you now.
1: Implicit meaning. Right. And, you know, that's fair because like, you know, there's till too- we meet again. That's, I I always like that in movies and TV shows and stuff where they say like, let's not say Goodbye but until we meet again. And <laughs> it's like, well, hold on. They mean the same thing, Doug. Like, you know what I mean when I say goodbye, right, Doug? Like, okay, cool, cool, cool.
0: Well, in many cultures, it is very important to say goodbye because you do never know if you might see them again. And I think that that's become something in our modern life that we, we pretty much figure out we're going to see you again unless you have a very dangerous occupation or perhaps an older relative. Um, but... In, in a lot of places, historically speaking, you got to make everyone count.
1: You want to know a cute fact? Sure. A little Macroy fact? Yeah. In the McRoy family, we almost always end every conversation, no matter how inane, with I love you, because you never know if it's the last time you're going to talk to that person. No. Um, Teresa, let me ask you something that I already know the answer to.
0: Okay.
1: In movies and TV shows... What is your biggest pet peeve in regards to phone conversations?
0: I hate that nobody says goodbye before they hang up. No one
1: ever says goodbye. I'm sorry to ruin every movie and TV show for you. You pick up a phone and you say hello,
0: but people talk and then nobody says goodbye. You just see see one of the people or sometimes maybe a split screen of both of them hanging up, but nobody ever says goodbye. That's
1: why it's always funny to picture the other person going, Hello? Hello? Are you... Oh, I think they hung up. I think yeah, I was right in the I was going to tell them where the bad guy was, but I think they hung up on me. It happens every it happens I don't know why. Time. There must be some reason to it, right? Like somewhere along the line, like screenwriters must have decided like if we say goodbye, it does blank. But like
0: maybe it goes along with the show you don't tell you type thing where maybe. if you can see them hanging up the phone, then you don't have to hear the goodbye. I don't know. I don't it would like be it. fun to
1: watch a detective in one show. just like, no, you hang up. No, you <laughs> hang up.
0: All right. Well, I'm ready for some questions. Well, let's we get have in a ton it. of
1: them. Um, you know what? Let's let's start off with a, a big one before we head into. Uh, we have a thank you note for a sponsor, and we have you know some more questions. And we're before we head into that, let's start off with a big one, and it's a good place to start. Because we got a lot of people ask about starting conversations, whether, you know, the issue is that you are very introverted or shy or you're just at a place where you like a a party or something where you don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And as far as the second one goes, I can offer some insight. Okay. And as far as starting a, a conversation at a place where you don't know anybody, don't overthink it. Um, I think that if you try to figure out that perfect zinger that you're gonna say and that person's gonna immediately fall in love with you and want to be your best friend, it's just not gonna happen. If you're at a friend's a mutual friends party or at someone specifics party, I think it's perfectly sa- and fine to say, how do you know John Doe? How do you like yeah, and if you are at like a work party or some kind of event, I think it's perfectly fine to say, oh, do you work for such and such or, how do you know, like all of that's fine comment on the food comment on the music comment because if you are feeling this way and you want to start a conversation but don't know how to always assume that everyone else is too especially if you see someone standing by themselves don't overthink it because at the very word you walk up and you say how do you know John and they go I don't and turn away from you. Super cool. That's not a person you wanted to have a conversation with to begin with.
0: Well, Emily Post has some ideas for this this small talk kind of startup. Um, she suggests that you you learn what's happening, so be aware of current events. Maybe there was a big football game, or something that that is a shared cultural event. That you can just start something with.
1: I'm laughing because there's a running gag in Psych <laughs> where Gus always tries to start conversations with people by going, Do you hear about Pluto? That's messed up. <laughs> but he does it like 10 times the season. It's very, I, I've been watching a lot of stuff. I think that's a great conversation starter. Right. But that's the thing. Don't overthink it because that idea of like, and, but I will say to that regard, maybe don't engage with something that may end up being controversial. Like, you don't want to say this election season, huh? Because you don't know where they're at. You don't know their thing. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's perfectly fine to say, like, you know, like uh, the Super Bowl, huh? Crazy. But, yeah. like, or just say, like, oh, do you have any plans for the ho- oh, Merry Christmas, you know, Happy Holidays, whatever. But don't, just don't. In all of these, most of the questions we got, my answer to them is going to be, don't overthink it.
0: Yeah. When we were living in L.A., the thing that you could always count on people wanting to talk about was the traffic. Yeah. All the time. You could always say, man, we came up from Culver City. It took us like an hour and a half to get here. Right. How was your traffic on the way? And people just love to talk about either how they had this really great route so they didn't get stuck in any traffic or they've been sitting on the 405 for four and a half hours and thank, thank goodness that they got here on time because they don't know what they would have done. They're pulling their hair out. You know, all that stuff.
1: And, you know, to that degree. We had a question. Let me pull it up here. This is from Sarah. Can we get a schmoozing 101? It's necessary for my job, and I'm trying to get better at it. And I think that what you have keyed in there is is something very important. I want to give a a shout out here to Justin and Sydney McElroy um, for doing wonders for my dating life. Without them, we wouldn't be together. Um, And many, many years ago, they gave me the advice that when engaging with someone it is always better to ask questions than to make statements because there's nothing people love more than talking about themselves
0: absolutely
1: and so it's always a good fallback to ask questions and let other people talk and you know in a good conversation you'll take turns asking questions you know like what do you do Well, what do you do that kind of thing but if all else fails I think that there is, because this is a pitfall I fall into, of this idea that, like, I want them to like me, so I need to tell them about how great I am and really impress them so they'll think I'm great. But that's always going to come off as braggadocious. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's way better to say, to let them tell you about how great they are. Right. And, you know, it, I think it's Dale Carnegie, but it, Justin always has a quote of, like, if you want to be interesting, be interested. Something along those lines of, like.
0: Now, we just learned about attributing quotes to people who haven't really said them.
1: That's true. But I think <laughs> Justin would take credit for that quote, even if he didn't say it. <laughs> uh, but it's something along those lines of, like, the best way to be interesting is to be interested in others. Exactly. And, like, ask them questions. Show that you're interested in people like that.
0: Um, so like the idea of schmoozing, right? You want to make sure that you pay attention enough to the, uh, the conversation as a whole to know when to stop talking. That's very important, um, because nothing can eliminate all the goodwill that you've, you've garnered during a conversation than having it get awkward and go too long. So, you know, like you talked about earlier, kind of read the room and figure out when the conversation is over, because you always want to leave someone wanting more. Yeah, You want them to come back to you, to talk to you, and instead of walk away from, sheesh, they just went on and on and on, and I I couldn't get a word in edgewise, or I'm never going to speak to them again, you know? Yeah,
1: and you know, that's the thing too, especially if you're at an event, you can always talk to them again later i mean that's the thing is if you're trying to either build a long-lasting friendship or work relationship whatever kind of like just assume you'll get more time to talk to them again later Mm -hmm. um and if you are the type of person who is unsure of how to feel that out of like have i reached the end am i monopolizing their time too much if you start wondering that just assume that you are
0: the answer is yes
1: (laughs) um We've got even more questions to answer, uh, but first, we've got a little thank you note for a sponsor. <laughs> this week, Schmaners is supported in part by Harry's. We want to send a thank you note to Harry's. We love Harry's. We are Harry's household. That's I like alliteration, but that does sound <laughs> kind of weird, um, but we are. You know, um, Teresa loves using it I whenever I, you know, need to, like, shave my neck or, you know. Maybe I want to shave my legs or my armpits. I don't know. It's 2016. I can do whatever I want. You, know, you do you. Yeah. Maybe I'm trying to cut down on my swim times. You don't know. <laughs> um, but like Harry's, it's here's what I'll say. Above all else, it's a great razor and it's got these amazingly engineered blades. It does a great job. But it also looks beautiful. It's classy looking. and
0: And because it's so classy looking, it makes a great gift.
1: Exactly. And right now, Harry's has a special limited edition holiday set- Um, that they're calling their limited edition winter winston shaving set and it includes a midnight blue chrome razor handle which you can get engraved with someone's initials or your own initials it's okay to get a gift for yourself Um, self-care self-care um three of the uh german engineered five blade cartridges that provide a close comfortable shave it also includes foaming shave gel
0: i love Um, the way that the shave. Um,
1: And it comes in a beautiful box So like right there it's already in a box for giving as a gift And it's only $30 at harrys.com And they also offer handles and you know sets and stuff starting at just $10 So So, there's
0: something for every price point
1: Exactly And as a special offer for fans of this show um, We can give you $5 off your order when you enter the code schmanners at checkout That's S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S at checkout Free shipping ends on December 9th, so you want to act now to get that free shipping. Order gifts for everyone in your family that's going to need one. Um, just go to harrys.com to get that limited edition holiday sh- shave set um, and into the co- coupon code SCHMANNERS, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, at checkout, for $5 off harrys.com, code SCHMANNERS. The stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes or MaximumFun.org.
0: Are you in need of a shakeup? MaxFunCon is our annual comedy and creativity festival, and it changes lives. MaxFunCon West returns to Lake Arrowhead next June, and MaxFunCon East is back in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both are on sale right now, and they will sell out. Visit MaxFunCon.com to buy your tickets today. We can't wait to see you there.
1: Okay, we have a bunch more questions. Um, Let's see. Let's start off with this one. This one's from Ellen on Twitter. How do I communicate extended interest without smiling or making smiley eyes? My face starts to hurt after too much of either. (laughs) I want you to know, Ellen, you are talking to two trained actors this is such a good question. This is something I think anyone who's had to stand on stage and be talked to for a long period of time has dealt with. How do you appear like you're active listening without constantly like shaking your head and making big eyes and going, uh huh, uh huh, go on. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs>
0: Well, there are body language techniques that you can use other than smiling and nodding. Um, it's important to be very open to the person who is speaking to you, so not crossing your arms or crossing your legs. Um, also, if you have, if you, are, you know, have the habit of, of holding your hands together, releasing your hands um, all of these things convey interest, pointing your body towards the person who is speaking to you, um, also conveys interest. Sometimes it's, um, it, if it's appropriate to offer a touch or a gesture of, of an, uh, an open gesture, two hands open, palms up is a really good one. Um, those, those are different things that you can do that don't require smiling, um, but if you are if you're straining yourself to smile, it probably doesn't look very genuine.
1: You're probably overdoing it. Yeah. you're probably overthinking it. If your face hurts from looking like you're active listening, and because also I have this problem. sometimes I'll think so hard about appearing like I'm listening that I stop listening because mm. I'm focused on looking like I'm listening. It's a slippery slope.
0: So I would say that my best advice would be if you find yourself, you know, if you find that your face is hurting from this smiling or active listening engagement, to take a big deep breath and release and try and relax your face because that probably will look a little more genuine than it will you just grinning ear to ear.
1: And, you know, I think it's also important to know your own, like, Shortcut, like for example, I know that in conversations I have a really bad habit of even if I'm listening, I look away from the people and kind of stare off into the distance because you don't use your eyes to listen, but that doesn't matter (laughs) because it (laughs) looks like I'm zoning out and it looks like. So like knowing that it's a thing that I check in on with myself, like, am I doing this? But I, I think that once again, this falls under the don't overthink it. I think that this is a perfectly fine thing to be worried about. But you wouldn't expect this from someone else. Like, for them to constantly be, like, smiling at you, it it will start to seem weird after a while, I think. Um, oh, but here's a good follow-up to that. Or, I guess, a good hand-in-hand question with that. This is from Echo on Twitter. How to know when silence is, like, acceptable? Sometimes I feel like I have to say something, even if there's not much to say.
0: Um... Well, silence is definitely acceptable in uh, close quarters, shared spaces. So like on the bus or the train, uh, you're not expected to motor mouth and talk to everyone and talk to who you're next to um, continuously. A brief hello, how are you? Nice weather we're having is a, is okay to do, um, but you don't
1: have to. You but can... what about in like more like personal set? Like if you're hanging out with friends and family?
0: Um, if you're hanging out with friends and family, I would say that it's perfectly acceptable to take turns talking and one person can hold the room while other people just enjoy whatever is going on.
1: This is, you're, we have two people right here, me and Torea, I guess, also BB, but she barely counts. Um, she talks all the time, but so, <laughs> she's a bad listener. Um, But Teresa and I come from two very different families when it comes to conversation and silence. That's true. Where the McElroys are not good at quiet. Like, we tend to assume that if someone is quiet, they are upset. Um, Whereas the Wellmans are perfectly comfortable. Like, sitting in a room, like, you know, reading the paper or looking, you know, watching TV and not speaking for long periods of time. Because that's just what they're comfortable with. And... I think that
0: I remember family together time could just be everyone sitting in the same room doing whatever it is they need to do whether it's homework or or reading or or listening to music or whatever and you would just you could just all be in the same room doing different things and being completely silent and that was fine
1: which is mind boggling to me <laughs> but I accept that that's true for other people but I think what I'm getting at is I don't think that there is a universal truth to this. I think that depending on the relationship and depending on the person, there are different people with whom I'm very comfortable sitting in silence with and other people with whom that would feel really weird. Um, Like Justin Griffin and I can now at this point in our lives, all three be on our separate computers working on something in the same room and that doesn't feel weird. But if someone who I've known for a month were to come over to my house and we sat on our separate computers, not talking to each other, that would feel weird. You know, I say, trust your gut. And if it starts to feel weird, it's OK to say like, oh, can I get you something? Oh, this is weird. huh? Oh, did you see that thing? And then if that conversation doesn't take hold, it's OK to resort back to silence. Exactly. Um, this is from Elizabeth. Um to what extent does conversation etiquette apply to texting slash messaging slash et cetera?
0: Um, I think that it applies very loosely because one of the, the things about texting and messaging is that it's not a, um, an instantaneous gratification. So you can text someone and they can receive the message or they cannot receive the message and, and get it much, much later and respond much, much later. Um, so I think that you, you need to put a certain amount of patience on a written communication like that that you you can't really put on a, a verbal conversation.
1: I think that's true. I think that text messages is closer to letter writing mm-hmm. than it is – to con- like – you. The other ha- – like, your phone also will call someone. You can talk to them with your voice. That is also an option you can do on your phone. Some
0: people forget that, I
1: think. And so, like, text messaging is not the conversation aspect of your phone. It is the right. correspondence aspect. And I I think that that's true, too, in, like, social media and everything, where sometimes we forget. I, I th- This happens, like, you know, I love you very much, Clinton, if you're listening. I love my dad. But he will, like – text me, and then, like, text me again five minutes later. Sometimes I don't have my phone in my hand, you know? Like, I think that everybody I, – I have many people in my life who often forget, like, oh, okay, if I want to talk to somebody and have a conversation, I should just call them. Right. Um, because text messaging is not rapid, and it shouldn't be. It's okay to be away from your phone for, you know, hours if you need to be. I agree. Oh, this is okay. So we talked about this a little bit, but this is from Claire. I'd love to hear about politely excusing yourself from a conversation that's gone on too long or saving your friend from one.
0: I think that it's perfectly fine to say uh, it's been nice speaking to you, but I need to go.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This is once again, don't overthink it like, oh, it's been a pleasure talking to you if you'll excuse me.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Boom. The end. You know, because that's like we said earlier. If you feel like it's gone on too long, they probably do too. I think that this is the thing that everybody worries about: being rude and ending a conversation. It's okay. It's okay to say "excuse me."
0: I think it's. I I think it's all about how you you intone your goodbye, um, and don't lie. and say that you need to leave a place if you're not going to leave. That creates awkward awkward feelings later. But if you need to save your friend from someone, it is perfectly acceptable to say, uh, excuse me, I have someone I'd like her to meet. Mm-hmm. And take her away and introduce her to anyone else. That's a new conversation now and you've left your old conversation.
1: Yes. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, this is from Renee. What is the best way to humbly accept a compliment during a conversation without undermining it or entering into a compliment battle? There's such an easy answer to this.
0: Say thank you. Yep. <laughs> it takes practice. It really does because so much of our our humor in our lives is self-deprecating. We always try not to appear arrogant, but it is okay to accept a compliment. And it is nice to exchange compliments, um, but if you don't have anything nice to say about them or you've done that kind of already and they continually compliment you, just saying thank you is enough. Thank you and then change the subject.
1: Yeah, be careful too, because this is another thing. If you undermine a compliment someone gives you, in order to seem humble can also read like you don't trust that person's opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I, I, it's very frustrating to tell someone like, Hey, I think you're great. And then they say like, Oh, well, you know, I'm I'm like, okay, well, cool. I thought you would appreciate it, but you didn't. Great. Thank you very much. But yeah, I, I just say thank you.
0: Giving compliments isn't just nice for the receiver of the compliment. It also is good, feels good to give people compliments yeah. to tell people how much you enjoy their company or something that they've done. It, it makes a person feel good about themselves.
1: Okay, so this is another big one. Um, this is from Rachel, but a lot of people asked of, you know, variation of this question. How should I respond if I'm repeatedly interrupted?
0: This is something that I have a little bit of practice doing. What do you mean? I think that um, the tactic that I often use, and I can only really speak for myself in this, is I allow the person to just talk themselves out while maintaining what it is I wanted to say I usually close my mouth a little tighter <laughs> if, uh, if I feel like I've been interrupted several times. I take a deep breath, and after they finish speaking, I am quiet for a beat. And then I start talking and saying the things that I need to say. And I think that that beat right before you begin speaking, if you've been continually interrupted, is important because that beat allows the person who has interrupted you to recognize oh maybe they had something to say and now they're upset that i did that i didn't allow them to say it so i'm not recommending a guilt trip but i am recommending that you acknowledge the interruption nonverbally
1: i i will as as an interruptor i will say that that is especially effective because you have at other points said to me outside of a conversation hey you may not realize it but you interrupt like it's a thing that you have made me aware of so that when you do those nonverbal acknowledgements i know what's going on um so well
0: and, and travis and i travis is continually working on bettering himself so if we are in a situation and i feel like he is interrupting a lot I will very gently touch his leg and he knows, oh, I'm domineering this conversation. I'm interrupting a lot. That's something that we have worked on together. And he trusts me to not just silence him continually. And I trust him to recognize my symbols. Uh, Symbol. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It works. I, I, okay. So signal. Here's, that's signal. the word I want. Oh, uh, gotcha. Signal. So here's some insight from a chronic interrupter. And uh, this also works. Katie uh, asked about uh, Katie asked, I'm really bad about interrupting people because I get really excited. What's the best way to call myself out and apologize for it. So as an interruptor, I will also say that knowing. So if you have your point in mind, if you like say the thing, here's the thing. If you're getting interrupted a lot and you're worried about appearing rude telling that person that they're interrupting you a lot, that person is clearly not thinking about being rude to you. Mm-hmm. So it is okay to say, excuse me, I just, I'm going to stop you there. You may not have realized it, but you just interrupted me before I could finish my point. What I was going to say was blank. Right. Because they have been rude to you. It is okay to push back a little bit. I'm not saying blow up at them and like say, hey, jerk, You don't, but like, it's okay to go, oh, hold on. I'm going to stop you there. You don't, And that's the thing is because for me, there are two different kinds of interrupting that I do. And one is I'm very excited. You have just made me think of a thing that like really backs up your point or like is right there with you to show that I agree with you and I understand what you're saying and we're on the same page, which can be great, but can also interrupt someone before they finish their point. Mm -hmm. And then there is also the kind of interruption of, I'm going to correct you, or I'm going to fill in a blank you can't remember, or I'm going to I hate to use the word, but mansplain and like tell you why you're wrong about a thing that you know better and than I do. you can
0: say, please don't interrupt, let me finish.
1: Yeah. And so I, that's the other thing is, and this is just know that if you find yourself getting interrupted a lot by everyone, It is also a good idea to kind of take stock of maybe some nonverbal cues you're sending. Do you drop the end of your sentences? You know, are you indicating to someone that you have finished your point before you have actually finished your point? Um, You know, because that's the thing. I'm not saying like it's your fault and you need to deal with it. But there are things that you can do to non-verbally stop people from interrupting you. And, you know, just charging straight through the sentence. There's a lot you learn from studying Shakespeare. And (laughs) one is like, carry through to the end of your idea. Don't drop your sentences. Keep the ball up. Keep the energy up. Because sometimes I find I interrupt people because I think they're done. Yeah. You know, like, I I just assumed they were finished talking because they stopped talking. That's not really interrupting. Maybe you didn't finish your point. But you weren't saying anything. <laughs> you know, you took a big breath and I assumed you were done. Um, so, but uh, to Katie's question, if you find yourself interrupting a lot, it is okay to say, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying? Like, acknowledge it.
0: Yeah, please continue. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Yeah. You know, and we got another question too uh, uh, from Jessica. I have a tendency to say really dumb things. I'm not sure where they come from. How do you gracefully pull your foot out of your mouth? It's perfectly fine to say like, I'm sorry, that came out completely wrong. What I meant to say was blank. Because I think in both of these circumstances, if you overthink it, you will make it awkward. Mm -hmm. Rather than just making it a non-issue.
0: Or if if you find that you can't dig yourself out of your hole, you can say, I'm terribly sorry. I'm very nervous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or like,
0: and people will forgive you, hopefully. Yes.
1: That's the thing. It's like everybody says dumb things sometimes. Everybody's done it. Where you get yourself in trouble is you try to dig yourself out of it without acknowledging. So you see this a lot. What I meant was, well, uh, I, uh, uh, you don't forget I said anything. I, I'm just going to go. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine to say, uh, you know what? I'm going to stop myself. That came out completely wrong. What I meant to say was blank.
0: Or um, if you if you find that you've you've dug yourself deeper and deeper, acknowledge the hole. Say this is something that I didn't think of beforehand. I've dug myself a hole. I'm terribly sorry, and change the subject. Yeah, go into something else. Ask them a question about themselves. Whatever. Um, I think I think it's a very a very British thing to do. Like I said, I've been watching a lot of great British break off. You guys, it's really good. <laughs> Um and the the self deprecating aspect of I have no idea what I've been saying I'm terribly sorry yeah I mean, uh, any of that stuff you can you can go ahead and and acknowledge what's going on and and put in a bit of humor yeah and most people will forgive you and move on
1: yes because we are all human well most of ninety nine percent of us <laughs> are human some of us are androids from the future watch out <laughs> be careful don't trust them. But most of us are human. And so, like, we got a question about, like, um, how to – this is from Katie. I always end up avoiding conversations because I have trouble remembering names of people I've only met once or twice. Help. Once again, I think that's fine. I think it's fine to say, I'm so sorry. I'm terrible with names. Could you remind me? Like, that's fine. And you know what? I will also say, once again, if that person responds poorly to that, to a very polite, like – admittance of a fault within yourself and they respond huffily and get upset at you cool you are not missing out on a relationship with that person mm-hmm. you know like uh, so many questions we got were about like how do i avoid being rude to rude people it's okay to like push back sometimes it's okay to excuse yourself from a conversation where someone's being very rude to you and it's okay To chalk one up in the loss column if a conversation doesn't go well sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, not everything has to be a home run.
0: I don't know if I would advocate being rude to people who are rude to you, but I would definitely advocate standing up for yourself.
1: Yeah, let me not being rude, pushing back, saying, like, I'm going to stop you there, or, like, you may not realize it. Or, you know, if they are, like, gung-ho about having a – conversation about something that upsets you or offends you and you've tried to politely excuse yourself from it and they won't let it go i think it's fine to say you know what i'm done with this i've tried i just don't want to have this conversation and walk away
0: Mm -hmm. i'm all right with that
1: because at the end of the day the person that you should take the most care of and worry the most about is yourself (laughs) no one else is going to worry about you defend yourself did you hear that bb protect your heart this is what i'm going to train my daughter Harden your heart. Build a wall around your because no one cares about you as much as you care about your, no, I'm just kidding. But I am – like, if someone doesn't care enough about you to respect you in conversation, it is okay to remove yourself from that conversation.
0: I do agree with that and so does Bibi.
1: Bibi agrees too. So let's wrap up there. Um, I'm just going to go on record to say I apologize immensely for all the times I interrupted my wife in this episode and all episodes prior <laughs> and all episodes prior future i'm trying my best (laughs) (laughs) i just got a lot of big ideas um but i i uh, thank you all for listening um you know you can join join the conversation in our facebook group every week when we come up with our conversation topic we'll post it there and you can ask your questions and maybe get a little bit of insight into issues you're dealing with uh we will also tweet it uh schmanner's cast on twitter s h m a n n e r s c a s t uh how about that dick good work and Thank i you.
0: would like to open the invitation and i uh, for more episode ideas Yes. i have please. received a few um and i am working on those uh hopefully we'll get to yours that you have suggested but i do need more ideas so please Comment on our Facebook group, um, and I see every post, so I will check those out as you suggest them.
1: Um, I also want to say uh, this is not directly Schmanners related, but every year, uh, my brother, my brother, and me um, sponsors this charity we're calling MBMBAM Angels, basically in Huntington, West, in Huntington, West Virginia, which is my hometown um every year they publish in the newspaper this list of people um who are looking for some help during christmas are looking for you know it, it's just like a request for presents and stuff they need um but mo- when i say presents it's like a winter coat for a homeless veteran or a new washing machine for a preschool or a you know it's it's stuff that w- could really change people's lives um but that they just can't afford and over the years um, our NBNBM listeners have just gone above and beyond to, I'm choking up thinking about it, but they have um really gone um above and beyond to make the holidays for people in my hometown. And it means a lot to me. And uh, this year, if you're interested in helping, you can go to mbmbamangels.com um, and maybe think about, you know, brightening up someone's holidays and, just in general, that's a good note. You know, holiday season, I've always found that if I'm having a hard time feeling the spirit, feeling happy for the holidays, giving to others is a really great way to inspire that within myself. Um, and that's very sweet, darling. Thank you. I'm going to sign off soon before I start crying. Aww. Um, go check out all the other shows on MaximumFun.org um what else as
0: always thank you to emily post thank you to brent Brentlefloss floss black for our um our theme song which is available on itunes as a ringtone and uh hopefully where other ringtones are available and then also thank you to kayla m wassell for our beautiful thumbnail and banner art and i would also like to say a thank you to Beth Ann patrick who is the um author of an uncommon history of common courtesy where I got a lot of my research from for this conversation etiquette episode
1: Uh, so thank you for listening and join us again next week
0: no RSVP required
1: you've been listening to Schmanners
0: Schmanners get it